Let's spell a song so you can sing along with my special guest star two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. Everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is r- returning guest. She is a makeup artist here in New York because that's where we're both living, and she was on the Xanadu episode. It's Krista K. Mumoku Wong. I fucked Woo! it up as I was saying. Again. No, K. There we go. I get it the second time. <laughs> Always. You know what? It wasn't three, so we good. We got good. it the second time. I'm here for it. I love it. But I like being Yay! a I like being a one take star. So like Oh, same. Getting it in one same. take up. Yeah. I feel you. But here we're <laughs> uh we're here today to talk about the 1971 classic Willy Wonka <gasps> and the Chocolate Factory. Um, yes, this is the one with Absolutely. Gene Wilder, not the Johnny Depp one, because the Johnny Depp one is actually the name of the book that it's based off of, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yep. Don't know why they changed it. I didn't find out, but we'll get into it later. Uh, the screenplay is by Roald Dahl, who wrote the book, um, and David Seltzer, I hope that's how you pronounce his last name, was uncredited. I mean, it's and Seltzer. It's- Seltzer. David Seltzer. Yes. He did, uh, he, he was uncredited, but he did some script revisions apparently. And according to some IMDb trivia, apparently Roald Dahl hated the movie, but like also- Oh, I heard this too. I heard this rumor too. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I know a lot of things were changed because like, We'll, we'll get into it for in a hot second. Let me just finish okay, this bit. Yeah. Uh, music and lyrics by Leslie Bricuse. Bricuse? I don't know. I I don't know. And Anthony Newley. I like all three. Yeah, yeah. great. Uh, directed by Mel Stewart. And according to IMDb, a poor but hopeful boy seeks one of the five coveted golden tickets that will send him on the tour of Willy Wonka's Mysterious Chocolate Factory. That is the first half of the movie. Literally. I, the first didn't, half. I didn't realize that they spent half the movie with the search for the golden tickets. Yes. Yes. And like, you know, seeing Charlie's backstory and his life and his way of life. But it's actually quite comical, too. Just like seeing all that. But yeah, when oh, you yeah. really look at it. Yeah. Because everyone like, remembers. What, minutes. No. Well, um, pure imagination when that's when he sings that is literally the midway <gasps> point of the movie. Yo, you're right. No, you're right. Oh damn. It's like wow. it's like 45 minutes of them finding the ticket, them uh these little interstitial parts that of like side of characters you'll never see again. Uh yes. looking for but golden you, tickets. You know- the brilliance of that is because by the time you get to the factory 
everything's been shrouded in mystery and you've just been visually brainwashed with all the commotion and the drama that happened before. So I feel like that's what makes seeing the factory even that much more special is because it's like, wow, this is a secret and I'm seeing the fucking secret that all you motherfuckers did not get to see. Yeah. But like what I am, what I liked though about it is that um, I literally just lost my train of thought. I don't, I don't. I mean, oh God, they, I they, did have, they did have funny moments where like the, the lady whose husband was in ransom and yes, the, yes. they wanted her How long box do I have to think about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was interesting because it's always adults in those comedic moments. It's not kids. That's right. Because like, you know, an adult forged the last Wonka ticket that apparently was found. You have the, uh, the moment with the, with the sassy computer, which is hilarious. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with the lifetime supply of chocolates? Well, I'm going to tell you. What I'm you, going to tell you. Like, yes. Well, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> or the, um, what's his face? Um, Natalie Wood's husband. He is the... Um, the guy on the news oh, giving really? the updates. I, I'm pretty sure. I don't know why I didn't cross-reference that or check that, but I'm pretty sure it's a number two. Um, but yeah, I <laughs> the whole build up. I mean, okay, so the opening number, are we are we into that yet? We are we jumping let's ahead? Get, let's go right ahead. Okay. Um, obviously, main title opening, beautiful, magical, just sets everything up. The Candyman is still a song that I find myself humming to, just like the lines of it. Who can take a son? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's one of those songs. I don't know. I love it. Prior to me looking up things for this uh, recording, I didn't realize that The Candyman was written just for this movie. I thought it was like a 30s, I thought it was like a 30s or 40s song because it sounds like it. It does. It does. Isn't that magical, though? Because it's it's been used, you know, in candy commercials and blah blah blah. But the made, fact that it's just um, made famous <gasps> by Sammy Davis Jr. Like, oh my god, I thought they borrowed it for this song. I didn't realize that. That's a that's a good that's new a fact. Cool fact. Yeah, that is, and it just again just makes it that much more special. Uh, um, was, I okay. So oh, no. cheer up, Charlie. When that happens in the movie, you would think she would be singing it to Charlie, right? Yeah, you would think so. Like, cheer up, Charlie, like grabbing his face or like looking in his eyes and yeah, giving not, him a hug. Not singing it while he's walking away. <laughs> also, watching this movie as a kid versus an adult, I remember specifically when I was a kid, I was like, who the fuck cares about this song? Let's just go to the fucking. Let's go to the factory. factory. Let's go to the factory. Yeah, like no, that. Let's... That to me, yeah, that to me as a kid was a filler song that was a waste of time. But as an adult, I'm like, oh my god, it's like a touching moment. Like, like uh, okay. Peter Ostrom, who plays Charlie, although he like all all the characters in this are caricatures or like they're heightened mm-hmm. versions of kids and things like that. I mean, yes, he's playing the like the underdog, the down on his luck, the poor, but like he's also giving like some layers with everything. He is. Like he really, really is. 
like he wants the golden ticket but he knows he's not gonna get it or he feels like he's not going to get it and so you kind of mm-hmm. see that and like uh, um, and he literally spends every last fucking dime he ever gets getting a bar yeah. of chocolate yeah and like also <laughs> the uh when they find out the when they think they find out that the person bought found the last golden ticket they're just they're all yeah. just like let him live in his fantasy and like you could kind of see in his face that even though he wanted it so much you knew he you knew he knew that it was like a mm-hmm. very small chance that he was gonna get it yeah that, that little ounce of hope it's that little ounce of hope that he had so like when sure charlie happened i was just like i get it but like again you would want to sing this to him, to him. like yeah not after he fucking runs away because he's pissed off and upset. And then, <laughs> so I haven't seen this movie in maybe over a decade. Maybe. Wait, are you serious? Yeah, Wait, I mean, I've seen serious? it before. I've, I've seen it before. No, I know. But like, this isn't like a, like a, a not, recurring cycled watch for you. It should be. It should be a once a it's, year watch uh, or something or like well, something like that. But I usually I, watch it like five times a year. So like when... When he finds the ticket and we just hear the music for I've got a golden ticket, I was just, I had this moment where I was like, did I just make, did, like, we, I make up lyrics? Cause I, we, you know, people sing that often whenever something happens and the, that goes their way, you know, like they'll sing, I got a golden ticket. I do it a thousand times, but I was just like, I had this moment of just like, did I, did we make this up? Is what there- did they call that when it's something that, we think happened and then it didn't a mandela effect yes i don't know because i i would say this there must have been some kind of re-release of the song where they added that lyric in no they that's why oh yeah it happens later with later yeah but But i thought when in that moment yeah i thought because they they play the song and it's very if, if you've seen the movie a bunch of times like we have you know the lyrics you know the melody line yeah. of it so i was just like does he not sing it does he and then <laughs> when he got home and grandpa's grandpa joe yeah grandpa joe sings it with yeah. him and i was just like ah here it is okay i spoke too soon <laughs> I, I i had, a, I had <laughs> the world is okay the world is okay again i had the an multiverse, anxiety we're attack. in the right multiverse um <laughs> i oh my god God, I fuck. I just fucking love Gene Wilder in this movie. I love. I I was reading that um, he basically was offered the role on the spot, like at his audition. Um, He he also only took the role if, when um, we first meet Wonka he's that that bit with the cane and the somersault happens so you know you have no idea what's going on what's going to happen so the fact that he thought of that was genius and then watching watching this movie like he doesn't treat the kids like kids i feel like no he doesn't which is great like because he's really testing the waters with them you know what i mean like he's trying to find his successor not, I don't want this kid bullshit. I want to know who you are in the raw, in the flesh, right. how you're going to react, how you're not going to react. 
um like he's snarky to mike tv the whole time and that's i guess that's because he already wrote him off as not winning as soon as those kids signed the contract you could tell everything about them their personality what's going on with them so he definitely signed all of them off from the beginning that's what i think here's a question i posed to you do you think he already knew everything about them because like slugworth is slugworth magically there yeah he did because in the ending scene um he was like i had to test you and he the way he says it though it's almost as if he specifically was speaking to charlie like you knew he probably had people out and about in the world scouting for him you know what i mean right. i don't know that, that's the part of my mind like i don't know if it was all just well well so the the weird thing though is that like slugworth is there but he's there when the first four are like publicly announced and there's the news media and everything Mm -hmm. when he finds charlie in that tunnel or whatever i was just like Mm -hmm. this is a little sus Mm -hmm. and i don't i don't remember if i thought of this before but i was just like it seems a little weird like i get it this is also based off the source material and blah, blah 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 but like in this movie it's a little weird that like he would i feel like he sent out this person whose name isn't really Slugworth. I forget what it is. He says it at the end, but yeah. it doesn't matter. Um, I feel like he sent them out, sent him out to like get some dirt on these, get some background on these kids. Because- yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, he's always literally there in the fucking mix. Every time the winner is announced, he's seen in that shot whispering in their ear. Like that motherfucker was there. But he was there but, the whole time. But also when he was talking to Charlie, um mm-hmm. a lot of his stuff that he said seemed very pointed to Charlie's situation. Cause he was like, I'll give yes. you this money, which I mean it's any dollars because that that was that I was reading about it um Mill Stewart the director really didn't want to show cars so this way it could be timeless and they although they filmed in Germany they didn't want it to be like a known place so this way it's like so it's timeless anywhere yeah yeah so but like the way that I love that the way that Slugworth talks to Charlie about like this, these dollars, whatever the, whatever <laughs> form of currency they are, uh, could help you buy <laughs> a new house for your family. And I was just like, that that seems a little specific for him because like the other kids, so specific. The other kids are at least well, middle class. Like they're doing okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Mike TV, I feel like his parents are probably like middle class. Um, I wouldn't totally. He had a fucking TV. <laughs> yeah, he had a TV. Um, well, because like Violet I and give Veru- him a gun when he was twelve. Violet and Veruca's parents obviously like are very successful, yeah. and then yeah. I mean you can just assume Augustus Galoop is has uh, middle class parents because of of their weight i'm gonna say i'm just gonna say it, of yeah, their weight. The, way, the way they dress where way the way that they dress mm-hmm. um you know like little things like that because again like when the whole story is a symbolism of like how to act 
consumerism you know and everything too. Consumers, exactly, exactly. All of the above, which is so like, as an adult finding all this out, you're like, my mind has been blown multiple times. Whereas as a kid, I'm just like, this is just really fucking cool. Um, you know, fantasy world. So Although I was thinking uh, while watching so it, the the fact that uh, Wonka is doing this contest is like the gag of the century because like, no, yeah. I can't. I was like, has anyone done something like this that it's on this scale in real life? And I don't remember. I don't think so. I don't think there I don't was think so either. Right. Because I don't, it doesn't seem like there's some sort of contest that everyone has been a part of or wanting to be part of. Exactly. Exactly. That was so secretive that you wanted to know what mm-hmm. was happening. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, you know, well, after they get that golden. <laughs> can we for a second, since I have you on, I want to talk, I want, I want, Chris's makeup corner to happen right now. Um, oh my god, I love Chris's makeup corner. Yes, I had a little issue with the Oompa Loompa makeup. Yeah, that that orange. Well, I don't mind the orange. It's the fact that there's no yeah. contouring or highlighting or anything. It's the fact that it's, it's just flat, flat orange. Yes, is do you? Yeah. Uh, do you think that was done on purpose or do you think that was just because of the time and they because like contouring is a fairly modern like within the last 20 years kind of a thing that's in, that's been used a lot right? is, well how's about this so anytime there was film or cinema like from the earliest um movie makeup artists like who've been in cinema even from like the 20s they had a fine art background so they understood lighting shadowing and shading so in a lot of black and white films there was a shit ton of contour because they were working you know so it was some it's some it's literally something that's always been around it's just that that type of information wasn't really made public or the average consumer didn't have the capacity to understand that concept. So things were just very watered down and dumbed down for, um, you know, commercialism. But it's something that's always been around. It's just when I started makeup in the late 90s, early 2000s, it was considered like an old school theatrical technique. So it was in all those old school theatrical books. It's just that it only got made popular because the makeup artists who did have an art background were starting to get more famous, starting to share their techniques. And then it just started spreading like wildfire. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I think it may have been a, a design choice. It could have also been the makeup that the, well, obviously the makeup that they used was like a pen or cake makeup that was probably water activated because it's very matte, very dry looking, I mean, it honestly could have been a design choice and I'm not mad at it. It it just, it just looked, I I mean, I didn't like put it as a flat or anything because it it didn't offend me that much. I was just looking at it. I was like, it just looks so one dimensional. Like there's no life in their face. Yeah. They look like orange marshmallows. Like, (laughs) but like, I get it. I'm not mad at it. They're supposed to be, there's supposed to be some sort of 
tribe Can from you a tribe from Africa. Yeah. Oh now, I can't remember whole... I can't remember if in the book it was described further. I haven't read yeah. the book in a while. Have you ever read the book? It's okay. I haven't read the book, but now I want to. I think I should. Should I read the book? I should. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, I'm gonna read the book. Because uh Veruca's demise is different in the book. <gasps> oh, I love a Veruca demise. Okay. Oh my God. So um there was the Johnny Depp movie that came out, I don't remember, in the twenty teens <sighs> or something. Let me let me look it up real quick. 2005. Okay. So in 2005, that version of Veruca's demise, I believe is from the book because it's a bunch of squirrels looking for oh, a nuts. bad nut. Yeah, and that kind of, they kind of paid homage to it because her father works in a peanut company and that's yeah. what he he's using the workers to shell the um the chocolate bars instead of shelling the nuts so they do make reference to that but like i don't know i love i want it now and i love the fact that it's an egg what what do you have so because of this movie i will say nuts like nuts or nuts please say it say it so I don't feel like an idiot. Just nuts. <laughs> no, nuts. N- nuts. <laughs> nuts. Yeah, with that intensity and that, oh my God, it's just so much more fun to say. So I've been known throughout my life to, if I have to say nuts, I say it like that. <laughs> I, don't worry. Don't worry. I quote, <laughs> oh my God. I quote, I want it now a lot. I, I think I've heard you do it before. I mean, I have to say, usually I don't like child actors. That's a me thing. Don't worry about it. These yeah. kids, though, I mean, I know that they are, like I said, they're playing up, you know, a caricature of sorts, but they did a fantastic job. And like, they sold it. And the fact that no matter when you saw this first, th- one of them, at, or all of them are burned into your brains. Well, not really Augustus Galoop. He's kind of like a blah. I mean, he's a great actor. Don't get me wrong. But like, he's not really that memorable. Because he's not, he doesn't really well, yeah. do he's much. He's the first one to die. He doesn't die. They don't die. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. They don't <laughs> die. They all have demises. <laughs> I mean, in my head, the fact I never see them again, they're dead to me. Dead, dead, dead. Capital D-E-A-D, dead. Uh, so, <laughs> I um, never see them again. Fine. You what? I'm like, the fact I, again, the fact I never see them, I'm like, dead. Well, okay, <laughs> okay, so the book, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, came out in 1964 by Roel Dahl, like I said earlier. Um, and in it, though, I feel like the 2005 movie, though it's not good, um, pays more respect to the book than this movie does because, because this movie, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, it's all practical effects. In yeah. uh, the 2005 Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, we have CGI and computer technology and everything. So like uh, at the end of the book, when they're in the elevator, 
you do see the other kids leave the factory, but like, gotcha. But like, um, Veruca and her dad are covered in garbage. Um, <laughs> Violet is dejuiced but still blue. Um, Augustus is covered in chocolate as well, and. I think my TV is just like seven feet tall because they stretched him too much. But like, you do see them leave the. Oh, okay. And and in the remake movie, they do leave. But in this one, they don't. So it's ambiguous as to whether or not they died or not. So then, I mean, that's dark for what's supposed to be a kid's movie. (laughs) And that's also apparently where my brain associated that it just went there with that so yeah you know what that says about me oh krista do you um, want another fun fact for your for krista's makeup corner oh i love it yeah bring it bring it so um denise nickerson who played violet beauregard uh after filming um apparently the makeup that they use on her face stained her skin resurfaced somehow like it seeped in and came out so allegedly uh while she was uh in class in a math class uh kids started pointing out and reciting you know violet you're turning violet violet to her (laughs) um the makeup had been used on her for the film had apparently seeped into her pores and started to resurface uh, which she jokingly remarks prevented her from getting any dates uh, at that school. Wow. So that, I mean, that might've been like right after filming though. Yeah, so. prob- it had to have been. I mean, this, this just shows you the magic of uh, makeup and the technology. I mean, I, for- I forgot that her face wow. is actually blue in some scenes. Cause like when she's transforming, yeah. It's a, I think it's a light that they use or something. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can see the reflection on her hair from the, the back shots on the, the side of her head. You see like the light. It yeah. almost looks like they gelled, they gelled her. But then also when she's fully bloomed out. Oh um, yeah. She's blue. She's blue. <laughs> Which by the way, according to a fun fact I found on IMDb, um, they filmed that scene uh like she there was she was in that suit during a lunch break <laughs> so like they had oh to keep gosh. like rotating her <gasps> they had to, and she had to stay in the costume like that's the worst part but like I, I mean if her face is blue fine that's one thing they can retouch whatever she eats but like the fact that she's stuck in the blueberry costume come on guys <gasps> Oh my, that is a very fun fact. Oh, that's, wow, that is so uncomfortable. She is a fucking trooper. It's wild. Um, So there was also a stage version of this. Um, It was (gasps) called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It premiered on the West End in June, 2013, running for three years. It won the Olivier for Best Costume Design and Best Lighting Design. And then it opened on Broadway in April 2017 and ran for nine months. But like, I wish I saw it. I, Me too. I don't know why be. I didn't. Didn't Matthew, what's his face? 
No. Was he Willy Wonka? Who was Willy Wonka? Uh, Christian Borl. Oh, sh- why didn't I see this? I don't know why I didn't see it. Uh, let's Damn. see. Who else would you know? Uh, Kathy Fitzgerald played Mrs. Gloop. Uh, Jackie Stop Hoffman it. was Mrs. TV. Oh my god. Uh, uh, those are like the names that really I know. Okay. Oh my god. Kathy Fitz. Kathy Fitzgerald, yes. And uh, well, w- what's interesting, so I'm on the Wikipedia page for the show. So you work in theater. I work in theater. We know that whenever yes. there are children cast in a show, they double cast them. Um, yes. because of labor laws and everything according to the cast lists here that only they only like double cast uh in well they tripled and quadrupled cast for some characters in the west end production on broadway it was only oh. one person uh cast for each child role which wow. seems weird and that is, they have school. They have yeah. Unless unless they were like the primary person and then they had like a matinee or off show person that I guess they are not they did credit on here. I don't know. Got you. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Oh. And it ran for nine months, right? On Broadway, yes. Which is gotcha. wild. That is wild. Um, hmm. Well, I wish I did see it. I'm sure there's a bootleg. Oh, yeah. I must probably, watch it. There's probably some. Well, no. No bootleg, Krista. What are you talking about? Oh, just about? Oh, what? No. No. That's, no, that's unheard of. That's what? Il- that's, that's terrible. Illegal. Um, that's illegal. Oh, my God. Sorry. Just kidding. Do you think Charlie should have won at the end? considering what else there was yeah because if i remember if i remember too the fizzy lifting drink scene is added for the movie i don't Mm -hmm. think that was in the book in the book yeah so i mean they had to they well did okay since you read the book is there any did charlie and his grandpa do anything in the book that was considered like they shouldn't have won i it's been a while i read it when i was okay got you middle school elementary school i think i don't remember i mean i guess that's the only logical conclusion of why they would add a fizzy the fizzy drink scene to kind of bring balance into like well he fucked up too yeah 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 to show that he's not such a goody two-shoe yeah Yeah, goody two-shoe exactly exactly uh can we get into the g wilder one-liners throughout this movie Oh my God. So he quotes a lot of Shakespeare, I found out. Or, or he does. Yeah. He does. He does. I mean, I only really caught the Romeo and Juliet one, but I'm sure there was. Do you know of the others? There's a whole quoted? trivia thing on IMDb about it. If you want to read it, oh my God. I would suggest you read it. It's, okay. I'm going to read that. Yeah. Uh, I did read, though, that the song he sings on the boat is the only song yes. taken from the book. Everything else is original. Oh my God, that's amazing. Oh, on the Le Catania. 
Oh my yeah. God, I need one of those. <laughs> I absolutely need one of those. Um, I, also, I also found it very hilarious that after Augustus Galoop and um, Mrs. Galoop uh, are, well, after Augustus Galoop gets shot up into the pipe and Mrs. Yeah, yeah. Galoop is escorted out, uh, when they go into the inventing room, he then speaks German. Yes! <laughs> so the two German characters are like, not there. German. Not there. Not there anymore. Um, also, when Augustus gets sucked up, it's, I guess, they're like, oh, that's impossible. It, that drain goes to the fudge room, not the marshmallow room. Like, what's wrong? Like, the way he says it, he's like, what's wrong with you people? Like, no, that just doesn't make sense. It's not going to go there. It's going to go there. Or like how the incinerator, no, that's every other day. Like, uh, so I think they're going to be okay. That one might be every other day. So there's a fighting chance that they have or whatever he says. Or yeah, something like that. Especially All or, questions must be submitted in writing. He's amazing. Yeah, like, I'm I, using that in my everyday life. I want to know if any of his lines were improv Yeah, that would be a fun thing to know. I feel like oh. some are. Because like even at the yeah. end, even at the end when... Um, He's talking about how the Great Glass Elevator can go whatever direction. Uh, Charlie asks him a question while he's talking and he's like, yes, even forwards or whatever, forward ways or whatever it is. Yeah. And I was like, exactly. Was this improv? Was this, was this real? Um, I, I have to ask you, what's your favorite Oompa Loompa song? Like, what was your favorite message? Oh, um, after I want it now. Okay, yeah, that one's a good one. The mother and the father. Right, because like the the one with the that's bubble, true. The one with the bubble gum seems weird, because it's like you're just telling us not to chew gum. Like yeah, yeah, because it is it is about gum. Like you're gonna get rotten. Like, what did you say? Like they're gonna get rotten teeth. You could get rotten teeth. It's a, an unsavory oh, to yeah. look at or something like that. Um, it stops it, you from smoking and brightens your teeth. Right, and I'm just like that. That was <laughs> okay. Has mixed messages. Uh, I mean, because it's Galoop one, you you just don't expect it coming at first, and it's exactly. a little. That one is, I don't know. I, the one that sticks to me though is the Veruca Salt one. The Veruca Salt one. The I did like the My TV part one where they just change it up and they're like, "You'll get no." Oh yes, the, the grandiose finale because yeah. they're yeah. they're like, "This is the last one." The last also, lesson to be learned. I also like the treatment of the Oompa Loompas, where like, I, I mean, it easily could have been a joke easily could have been um other like negative things and like like what doing this podcast and watching these movies we do get a a sense of like oh this isn't right or oh this wasn't this isn't funny or this wasn't even funny back then but like this movie i think passes all these tests because like all of the tests it's it's all about morality. Um, mm-hmm. Gene Wilder is is doing family friendly comedy. <laughs> I will to say to a certain extent. <laughs> I mean, like it's it's not like it, it, it just it it pushes the boundary a little bit. Then, There's moments when I'm like, 
Like when he grabs Veruca's mouth like that and he's just like holding it open and staring at her. I was like, Oh, please. Willy Wonka would be a pedophile these days or or Oh or no, absolutely put on a list somewhere. I, don't get me wrong. But like I was like, that hmm. put, hmm. but like but like he's not doing uh like some of the more adult humor that Mel Brooks and him would do. Oh, you know? for sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and like the jokes still land. They do. They really do. So like, again, I, mean, I use it in my everyday life. Thank you for picking like this movie, by the way. Cause it's like, I, oh need my to, God. I need to treat myself to something good. Cause it was like, it, it holds the, te- it holds up. It says it's fantastic. Um, I was gonna say also too. Do you just touching base back on? Do you think these things were made up? Because I don't know if they had this in the book where he said he saved the Oompa Loompas. They were so small and helpless from the like the Wang Doodles would eat ten mm. of them for breakfast. The Snoz Wangers, the Vermilion Knids. I was like, it's like Vermilion Knids. Are you making that up? So I think that is true because in the okay. 2005 one, they do something similar where they actually do a flashback. Remember, <gasps> oh yes, you- I remember the flashback. Okay. Yes, I did, I did see, I did. I watched it once and d- vowed never to watch it again. But I mean, after this discussion, I feel like I should just sit through it. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Buckle up and go for that ride. Well, oh God. Um, Gene Wilder, I believe, said that he liked uh, he he liked uh, Johnny Depp's approach of the character, but he just didn't like the movie as a whole. I completely understood because it was a different it was a different vibe. Well, yeah, because this, this different vibe. Th- well, so another thing that's different from the book to this movie is that Charlie has a dad in the book, and this one they say that he died or they don't he's just not there yeah, because they, they yeah, wanted Willie they wanted Wonka to be like a father figure yeah and exactly. so that was the thing in the Johnny Depp one is that Johnny they threw that out and his character is that he didn't have a childhood and so that's really what it is is that he's, yeah or like he's stuck in he has peter pan syndrome something along those lines where he's more childlike than how gene wilder or how gene wilder's willy wonka is got you i got you i mean it's again it's just a completely different story so it, i feel like it's like a mood thing you know what i mean mm-hmm. when you want something happy and uplifting please watch the gene wilder version can i um, can i drop something on you right now i don't know if you know this. yeah there is another movie coming out oh yes i know yeah called wonka mm-hmm. it's a mm-hmm. musical fantasy film that'll that stars timothy chalamet as willy okay. wonka and it's supposed to be like a prequel to uh, the. It's yeah. it's that it's saying a prequel to the novel. So I don't know if like if they're gonna pull inspiration from Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory or the Johnny Depp yeah. one, or if they're just not gonna reference make make any inferences to any of that. Yeah. Um, Do you want to know was, a fun fact I learned about that film as well? Yeah. The, the one that they're making. Yeah. 
Hugh Grant will be playing the Oompa Loompa. I don't see him on this list, this cast list. But oh my God, that I, is no. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I don't all. know if that's true. I did see that um, on the on the IMDb. Not the IMDb. It was was probably like released recently because it okay. was this year this information was released. Because um, I see on the Wikipedia page they talk about Keegan Michael Key, uh, Sally Hawkins, Rowan Atkinson, Olivia Coleman, uh, Matt Lucas, Jim Carter. They don't say though what characters they're playing. Got you. Got you. Um, that is. Let me see. But yeah, it's supposed to come out. Hugh Grant will play Oompa Loompa in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory prequel as of February nineteenth, twenty twenty two. Wow. There's a a teaser photo. Well, no, that's a fan made photo. But yeah, apparently he is. That's hilarious. Because a fun fact about the Oompa Loompas, apparently there were ten of them. But they came from, some of them were from England, yep. Maltese, Turkey, and or Germany. So, and then I think one of them at the time, he was already in his 70s, which is uh, wild. Also, some of them didn't speak English. So if, if you exactly. notice, they don't, their mouths, they either don't sing the song or they're saying their mouths are not saying the right, move, doing the right movements. And, yeah, yeah. And I read one of them was a woman. That's so cool. But I guess they may have padded her to follow so, suit yeah, of the more. other ones. I'm sorry. I'm still can't get over the fact that Hugh Grant is is going. Like, I know that what it's you read. I mean, I I just checked the IMDb and I have so have the Wikipedia page up. I don't see anything about that on there on any of them. That's crazy. I I mean, I hope it was. The, I hope it's a rumor that might come true or a rumor that is true that just isn't really like out there because that would be pretty funny. I hope... I don't know. I hope that he's not an Oompa Loompa, but he does make an appearance in the movie. How about that? Okay, we'll take that too. Maybe they might have a last minute change of heart after seeing him in full costume and makeup and been like, this isn't probably the direction we need to be going in. But I am reading though. So, I mean, it seems like this is going to be a legit musical movie. Unfortunately, we're going to have to wait until December 15th, 2023 to watch it. Uh, okay. But uh, Neil Hannon, the lead singer of the band, The Divine Comedy, is contributing original songs for the film. So whether or not he's okay. writing it for them to sing or if it's other music for like the soundtrack yeah. and everything, who knows? But uh Chris, is, there anything, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into sharp and flat um i just wanted to see what what okay what was one of your favorite rooms in the movie oh my god the the chocolate room because yeah. what was okay what was your favorite if, um thing you saw or wanted to eat what was the thing you wanted to eat in the chocolate room that's the great question oh that is a great question mm-hmm um, I think I would go for the giant gummy bears that are on the tree. I know that they are balloons. Amazing. I know, like, real, like, realistically, they're balloons. But no, if they, if, were, no, if they were there, yeah. the, the giant gummy bear. Yeah. Right. But I mean, like, I, in terms of, like, filmmaking, I know that they are. Oh, yeah. No, balloons. we're not. We're not. Yeah, we're, we're talking about that. We're living the fantasy right now. 
um, for me, it would have been two things, either the teacup that you drank out of and then could eat after, or there's the mushrooms and all the, the dots. It looked like it was like marshmallow cream. I thought it was like whipped cream or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whipped cream. But, you know, again, living the fantasy, but those were the two that I really, and I wanted to be Augustus because I love chocolate. I fucking love chocolate. And I just wanted to drink out of that fountain. I mean, who gets their chocolate churned by waterfall? It's true. I, there's the, I, if you go to the IMDb page for this, like the, the trivia page, there's so many facts yeah. about that one room alone. But oh the my biggest one that okay. I'll, I will drop before we get into Sharp and Flat is that that is one of the few things that were kept from the cast. So when you see them walk into the space, that I, is yeah, I need this fact. Yeah, true reactions. They are very excited. I I don't know what other things were new to them. I did read though that they were scared on the boat ride, thinking that Gene Wilder was losing his mind. Um, uh, yes. Uh, for that. Apparently, the the um, Julie Don Cole who played Veruca Salt in the Chocolate Room. Um, accidentally like banged her knee against the rock that she's she didn't realize the rock was real so she yeah oh, banged shit. she banged her knee against it causing causing a cut to go there that um if you look closely in some shots you could see blood on her stockings uh and apparently to this, <gasps> that's amazing apparently to this day she has a scar on her knee for from it so be on the lookout on your next watch which will be in what like two months or something two weeks yeah Oh my God, that's amazing. I love that fact. Uh, and my, my other favorite room was probably the, um, well, it, it's, the, it's, it's cut between the invention room and then the, the tasting wallpaper room. Because I want to taste the schnozberry to this day. I want to taste the schnozberry. I want to know what it tastes like. I want to know. I want to know. I just want to know. All right. Let's get into sharp and flesh, shall we? Sharp flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about them. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it, I thought it could change. It's flat. Krista, mm. where are some yeah. of your sharps? Wow. You know, this is, this is just so hard because it's such a beloved film. You could say the whole movie. Uh, I that is an, that is I always just, an option i just i guess i mean i guess i'm gonna say a flat and i'm this is just my dark dark heart just wanting that satisfaction of seeing i would have loved to have shown you know the incinerator room or you know mike getting stretched out i know that would take away from the overall but my mind to this day it just still is left in my that's, own imagination. I'm sorry, that's your flat, you said? Yeah, I wanted to see what happened. Um, I wanted to see. I won't, would you the have, unstretching, if the they, if If they did the same ending as the remake where you saw the kids just leave, like not the fact, not seeing the process of yeah, them being yeah. just stretched out or whatever, but just seeing them leave uh, still affected by like whatever happened to them, would that have satisfied you? I definitely would have gotten some closure. Absolutely. Yeah. My flat yeah. is really stupid, by the way, because I only like again. No. This movie is beloved, 
And the, I mean, it was just me because I was like, I don't, this, this kind of took me away from it. It's when the Oompa Loompas are singing and all of a sudden they cut away to the lyrics or just yes. words. I was like, as cool as it is and as ingrained in my brain as it is, it does take you away from like what's happening. So like, yeah. I don't know if that was always the plan. I don't know if maybe they were like, ooh, this choreo isn't the greatest. Let's cut it and we'll just slap on a word on the screen or something. But like, really, that's my only flat. I think they did that too because it was the times, like the whole psychedelic um, visualization. What was it? Because it's 1973. So it, that, that's where definitely eight seventy one. Just kidding. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. So they were still, you know, they in the psychedelic in- phase and- Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, 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 was, like, it was probably like this was the product of its time probably but like absolutely but like i mean that just that just takes me away um in terms of sharps besides the yeah. whole movie i have specific moments i have i love it I, i'm sharping the child actors because Yay. they did a, a great job specifically or yeah specifically julie don cole who plays Veruca, because that shit stuck with me since my first yeah. viewing. Mm-hmm. Like when I would go to school and I would see someone, it could have been a boy, it could have been a girl acting the way they did, I would instantly call them a Veruca. Right? Right? Like, mm-hmm. why are you being a Veruca? And um, they probably, and they never saw the film. So I'm like, you don't know what I'm talking about. That's fine. I always, <laughs> I, I always forget and I always remember this little detail, but when Mr. Gloop eats the microphone, I fucking love it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's just, it's, it's amazing. Um, real quick, the whole school scenes. I, I was just know. about to they get there. They were okay. Yeah. I was oh, just about to get there because okay. my next sharp is Charlie's teacher. Because like, yeah. Uh, I love that queen. <laughs> Whoever that person is, delivered. Ew, what am I supposed to do with two? We're gonna learn about percentage. Oh no! What made me really laugh is that when he said when his line was, um, "So usually, you know, uh, so we're moving our Friday tests to Monday. So I'm going to test you on things that I'm going to then teach you, <laughs> or whatever he says." <laughs> Yeah, whatever he says. Like, like, like I expect you to. I was like, this is, this is true. There are some teachers like this. I was like, you have to know what, yeah. you have to know what I'm going to teach you before I teach you, teach it to you. It's like, I'm sorry, I don't understand this concept. Um, I'm like, what? Yeah, I get I, it. Uh, then there was pure imagination, fucking beautiful song. This day still gets me. So before we started recording, I was telling Krista that while I was watching this, I was openly crying while that song was happening. I don't understand why. I think I, 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 I mean, I'm going to blame Glee for this. Oh yeah. I, I can see that. I can see that. I mean, yeah, the way they did it was very, it was touching. Yeah. Very so touching. I'm going to blame Glee, but like also okay. it was just something about like childhood and like the fact that you're also watching the children be children. The adults be children. Gene Wilder just being cool ass, sexy Gene Wilder. I'm sorry, he's so, he's really attractive in this movie. Oh, I love that. Oh my god, he kind of is. No, I'm not gonna lie. Um, the the line "Violet, you're turning violet, violet, always and forever 
ingrained in my brain. Um, yeah. The biggest sharp to Gene Wilder ever. And then I always love this effect in, whenever they do this in movies and TV where, so in the, in the tunnel, right? You know that lighting effect that they do in Gene Wilder where it's like the yeah. lights are moving around his face and changing colors. Yes. It's, the, it's the same face, but it looks different every time. And it's so, it, yeah, it's not like a CGI effect. It, I mean, it probably di- does take a lot in terms of like figuring out rigging and um, of you course, know, of moving course. the lights around. But it, it, when you see it on camera, it seems so simple. I, again, I don't want to downplay because it probably takes hours of work to just set up for that type of shot. Yeah, that one but shot. Like, but like, to me, it's a simple effect that is very effective. And that's what I love Absolutely. about it. And that's why Again, I'm practical effects. Oh my gosh. The fact that I'm the, gonna also sh- the, yeah. the, fact that the, ch- the chocolate room is all practical. Like, I mean, yeah, they, they're not really, it, it's not a real mushroom or whatever, but like, they're, it's not, they're not in a green screen room. They're not, no. you know, it's, it, it's, it's all real. They're touching real things and they're eating stuff that probably doesn't taste good but whatever it <laughs> but whatever it's again we're living the living fantasy in, in the we're fantasy. living the fantasy and the fantasy that's all we're doing mrs tv is eating i don't know some marsh what do we, what did you call it marshmallow fluff i called it marshmallow cream, cream something, something some sort of thing yeah um the fact yeah. that gene wilder pops one thing on a tree for mike tv and all these candies come out like it's a pinata yeah. i love it the, the jelly roll. The jelly roll. Uh, the yes. candy, the candy canes. canes. Yes. Everything. Oh my God. I would, I'm going to jump on the sharp of Gene Wilder for a second. And I loved how kooky his character was. And again, it's the one-liners for me. The way he, he his acting in this film was spectacular. Yes. Um, like when Augustus is getting sucked and then he's just over there eating his chocolate bar and he's like the suspense is terrible i hope it will last you know like like that him singing the song on the wonka tanya uh in the event like but like also with the other children's demises he's just like no don't oh look at my nails oh no please stop (laughs) oh no (laughs) No, don't like. <laughs> oh my god! Like he's like, or this, this is this is my favorite line. So I'm so sorry. Um, real quick, this is my favorite line when uh, Violet's like, "My God, it's gum!" He's like, "Wrong! It's the most amazing, fabulous, sensational gum in the whole world." He's like, "Wrong!" Ah, <laughs> uh, he's so good. Would you add any of the songs from this movie to your life's playlist? Ah, uh, well. That's so funny because I definitely think we we, we touched on that, um, right? Like what? I've got a golden ticket. I want it now. I don't know. I would say, I, I wrote down Pure Imagination and I Want It Now because I feel yeah. like those are songs that like, like Cheer Up Charlie is too sad of a song. And I feel like you kind of need the vision. You need yeah. the reference. I can't just like put it on right now and bop out to it. You know what I mean? No. Oh no, but Candyman for me, 
Oh, I forgot I, about the candy again, man. I, I sing that to myself. I, I am a candy fiend. I will go to what's, oh God, I haven't been there in years. I have to actually had to stop going to that store, Dylan's, because they have different colored bags, right? When you buy stuff. And when I would get a different colored bag, I'd be like, oh, I get this bag. Or I already knew when their seasonal fudge was coming out, the flavors, I had to stop. <laughs> Because I was freaking the workers out. It was bad. It was really bad. you were there all the time? All the time. And I knew those types of things. And oh, yeah. Just, uh... So I, I, it's been a while. I'm not going to lie. So I might need to go back. But because of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I've become a candy fiend. And the candy man. The candy yeah. man. The candy man. But yeah. Yeah. That but one, like, I mean, that one, we, I'm going to go into it. Would we agree, though, Cheer of Charlie is one that like, is just too precious for this movie to not listen to it at, unless you're listening to that album that's fine exactly but like, but or unless what, you're like feeling that feeling right but like you know what I'm saying? but i feel like pure imagination and i want it now in my opinion are the ones that yes. i can listen to right now if i'm about to go to bed um you know whatever i can li- those are the ones i can listen to whenever uh oh absolutely and the candy man i'm sorry i forgot about the candy man and the candy man and sometimes when i'm on the subway i'll just start singing um the wondrous boat ride (laughs) like to myself and people will slowly start to back away from me (laughs) because they know the reference or they think you're crazy (laughs) or both exactly or both and i'm okay with that and we're so thank okay. you thank you Jane Wilder <laughs> <laughs> and on, on that note we're done with the episode Krista yay this was fun do you have anything this you want to fun. plug or promote uh, at the moment no, no no I just I just loved being able to speak about a film that I've loved my entire life somebody else who loves it in your career (laughs) well in your career professional or personal have you ever done a um oompa loompa makeup for somebody or for yourself and i fucking want to i mean i fucking want to so i guess that's that's our that's our adventure that's our next adventure i we may not be able to do it by the time this episode comes out and for the socials but like i'll do it in the future with you if you want I would love to do it because I've always wanted to do an Oompa Loompa makeup and I've never gotten the opportunity to. But I, I only ask if we do the Oompa Loompa makeup, can you just can at we least be Oompa Loompas together? We could be Oompa Loompas oh, okay. together, but can you just like contour a little? Just a little. Just a little. Okay. Yes. Because again, little. we're going to, we have, we have more things to play with nowadays. Uh, you know, we have different lighting techniques. Mm-hmm. So I, I can do that for you, but I will I will only do as an Oompa Loompa if we can be them together. I'm in. <laughs> amazing Oompa Loompas and just I'm freak everybody out. I'm so in for this. Um, okay, I'm in for this too. And what? how can people, the good people, find you? The good people of the world can find me on the Instagram at Krista, C-H-R-I-S-T-A-K-W underscore, where I will be posting this Oompa Loompa. Oh, of course. Of course. Yes. I mean, people oh, saw, my God. People saw the, the Xanadu-inspired one that you oh, did. Sh- 
I still need to post that. I need, I'm going to post that. Oh my I god! Mean, I, I posted the to. fuck out of it. So, um, oh, I love it. Uh, and oh if god, you amazing. If you want to give us inspiration for the Oompa Loompa makeup, you can email me at buttersongpot at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at buttersongpod. Uh, tell me how this You're movie- on the Tiki Talk, I'm on the Tickety Talks as, uh, yes. Oh, wow. I love that for you. <laughs> I, I actually, in that Xanadu makeup, lip sync to Xanadu and posted it on TikTok and- I mean, people liked it, so. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I'll if see you, you there. if uh, yeah, tell tell me how this movie impacted your life. You know what what phrases do you say all the time? And if you want to be part of next episode's conversation, we're going to be talking about Pitch Perfect. Ooh. Yes. So, Krista, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you Coming so back, much. Always a pleasure. Uh, yeah you're welcome to come back anytime i think we have you i think i have you down for another one yes i do i'm not gonna say it i'm not gonna say it but i do i do know we'll have you down for another one in the super future so uh we'll see you again real soon and everyone goodbye i don't know how to say it in italian Bye for now, everyone. Parting is such sweet sorrow. Parting is such sweet sorrow. Bye! Bye-bye. Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.